1: I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the
3: truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you've found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live. On Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig. Sit back and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now.
2: everyone, um, let me just fix my mic here, uh, glad you can come to the show tonight, welcome to Ask the Trucker Live, tonight is Thursday, February 25th, 2016, and I'm Donna Smith, the Thursday night host of Ask the Trucker, our topic tonight is, is the ATA the voice for the professional driver, now that's, that's a question for you. Uh, Alan and Bi, uh, I both do our Saturday evening shows We've done a show on this last Saturday with him And uh, I usually do Thursday evening health shows But Alan and I felt that uh, tonight's topic needed to be brought up Since he can't be here um, I'm I'm your uh, host tonight It is a time-sensitive topic And since the name of the show is Ask the Trucker I have two veteran trucker advocates with me tonight to help host uh, co-host tonight's show, and you may know them, Jerry Fritz and Pat Hockaday of Truckers United. Uh, they both have, a, um, I believe, it's over 60 years combined driving experience. So, um, but more than that, more than their experience, they have a passion. I mean, you can you can be driving one year and have a tremendous passion uh to, to do something for the industry. So and, and they stand up for driver rights and they reach out to their fellow drivers and they try to share the truth. And um as we see on social media there's more and more of this uh going around. So we're glad to see that. So tonight's show we're gonna tie together a few things. Mm-hmm. Um the name of the show is is the ATA The Voice for the Professional driver but first we want to discuss that the ata's claim that they are the voice that's their claim uh they are the voice of trucking and there are a few of us who believe that since professional drivers are the main component of trucking uh that you know there's no truck drivers as ata members that we feel this claim is false um so I don't know how else they would say it, but we're the voice of trucking, but not truck drivers. I'm not sure how they would put that. So anyway, however, there's there's many times um, if you if you read articles in trucking, it, they've been written in such a way where it is misleading, where they'll they'll say, well, the truck drivers feel, when it's really you know not the truck drivers saying it, but it's it's the ATA. And so one would believe, if they didn't know better, that the ATA did represent truckers. So uh, tonight, tonight we're going to be playing a, a clip from Pat Thomas. He's the chairman of the ATA. And you'll actually get to hear for yourself what he has to say about the role that the ATA plays. And um, also, we want to tie in two other things to this whole concept of the voice of the ATA, the FAA bill and driver wages. So we're going to tie all this together and because basically there's a provision in a bill right now which, if passed, would greatly affect wages for the professional driver. And that bill is the FAA reauthorization bill, and the provision is in Section 611 on page 256 and we have we have all these um links up on the show page for you to see um plus they're on the Ask the trucker blog uh there's about three articles up there right now where you can read about all this but anyway um this is the same provision that was snuck in to that two thousand fifteen fast act highway bill of last year uh that you know it it did get uh it got struck down it didn't get through but the odd thing is now they tried to sneak it in an FAA bill which is an aviation bill and uh from the federal aviation administration but it was inserted so deep into the bill it was under miscellaneous so anyway basically these provisions if passed would basically eliminate any hope for increased driver wages or drivers being paid For anything except when their wheels are rolling um because the 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 bill does affect wages we're going to finally discuss how uh, drivers are paid now versus how they were paid in the past and uh this bill would pretty much put a nail in the coffin you know assuring that drivers would never get paid so um we're also going to get into a wall street journal article. And I I think Pat's going to get into that a little bit of how drivers have been actually deceived uh, on the wording of this bill. And we will read the wording of section Six Eleven tonight for you to hear for yourself, but how they've been deceived and now they're fighting for the bill to be in. So it's almost like they're fighting, um, to have reduced wages so we'll we'll, we'll get into it all uh, when we get back right now we're, we're going to take just a, a quick break and we're going to hear from one of our very trusted sponsors
4: so be right back
3: you're listening to ask the trucker live with alan smith on blog talk radio don't go anywhere alan and donna will be right back
2: Hey, welcome back, everyone. Um, I, I get—I love to watch all the numbers coming up on the line. The lines are full tonight. Thank you so much for listening. So back to our show, uh, which—which is—I have to get the title here—is the ATA, the voice for the professional driver. And I know a lot of a lot of you people out there—you know—you're probably all angry and everything because I know what everybody says. I hear it, I see it online. Uh, but you know, well. What can I say, you know, it, it, it's, they say they are the voice of trucking, and I'm going to play a little clip for you uh, in a second, but before I do, I want to introduce my two co-hosts tonight, Jerry Fritz and Pat Huckaday, they're going to be on, they're going to be helping me out uh, with uh, some of this, so let me open up both of their lines, I hope I have the, the right lines here, uh, Jerry and Pat, do I have you guys? Yes, ma'am, I'm here.
4: Yes, okay.
2: i Okay. Well welcome to tonight's show and thank you for taking the time out uh to be a part of it. And uh I'm I'm gonna just play this clip right now for everybody to hear. And um this is let's see, Pat Thomas, he's the chairman of the APA.
5: Well, thank you Elizabeth, and, and first let me say what an honor it is uh to to be elected chairman of the American Trucking Association. As you know, the ATA is, is the voice of our industry, uh, to lots of groups around the country, but maybe most importantly for us, uh, the voice of trucking to, to, uh, Congress and to the, to the, uh, folks that make the, the laws in Washington and, as well as those who, who, uh, who make regulations that affect our industry. So, it, uh, it, it, it is really an honor to be the representative or the spokesperson for the, uh, for the industry. Or as I say, I'm the head cheerleader for, uh, for the industry here in Washington and uh, as well as other places around the country. And, and you're absolutely right, but It's a, it's a really critical time here for our industry. As you know, we're, well, I'm sure we'll get into it as we go, but we're in the, on the verge here of, of getting a new highway bill. And of course, so most of my attention as well as the staff here at ATA is focused on Capitol Hill and and with the administration trying to put together a long-term highway bill that will provide the infrastructure investment that we need to keep this economy uh, moving in this country.
2: Okay, so um, I'm going to play that again a little later. There were certain things uh, in that that I'm not sure if you caught. Now that was done right when they were trying to put that highway bill together and in that bill was that denim amendment which they tried very, very hard to get included. And uh it was struck down, it was struck down. We had a big movement um uh video from people and write ins uh call ins to their senators and reps uh so the drivers had a big part in that bill, that amendment not being included in the FAST Act 2015 Highway Bill. So anyway, um, uh, oh, for everybody now, if you want to put your, I see a lot of people on the line listening, but if you want to be a part of the show, just click one on your keypad. And and that kind of like gives me a little notice on my switchboard um, that you want to either make a comment or, um, you know, just ask a question or something. Uh, Also, for all those listening um, on the Internet, I can't see you, um, but I know we always have a lot listening online. So if you do want to become part of the show, um, just dial in three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero, and then again, you have to press one on your keypad, and that you know shows me you want to be a part of the show but anyway, uh, Jerry and pat so um, so, what do you think of this now? um, what did you think of that clip? What did you catch out of that that well, struck you uh, most
6: this is, Jer- this is Jerry, what struck me most. Is when he made the remark that we are the voice of the American trucking <laughs> industry to Congress.
2: Right, that's the destructive too. I would and like regulations. to point this out. To, has yeah, done. and
6: regulations. Yeah, I'd like to point this out to drivers. I listen to Sirius. A lot of you know I'm there a lot, and I hear this constant drumbeat of the anti-government thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not pro- totally pro-government either. But see, actually, the FMSCA works for Congress. FMSCA didn't sit up all night, Pankerous Ways to Irritate Truck Drivers. Congress gives them their orders. They have to do what Congress tells them to do. Okay, who influences Congress? The American Trucking Association, in the Truckload Carriers Association. Now, Donna, we didn't discuss this previously, but I saw, I heard something real interesting today, and I called in on it. Mark Wallace thought it was an excellent question. They had the president of the American Bus Association on today. So I asked the question, how is the Denim Amendment going to affect them? But before I did that, I praised, uh, complimented, the president of the American Bus Association. He stated that they represent about-operation companies. And I said to him, I compliment you for your honesty, unlike the American Trucking Association, which claims to represent 100% of the industry, and we know they don't. So, why can't the ATA? Well, they can't because... We understand there's about thirty-six thousand members of the American Truckers Association. Many of those are shippers and consignees, truck manufacturers, and peripheral type businesses. And there's five hundred and there's five hundred and forty thousand sets of DOT authority. So if they were to be honest about it, they represent about one percent of the management
1: of the trucking industry.
7: Wow. We have we have the Truckload Carriers Association represents nearly 700 companies and they make the claim that they rep- represent over 200,000 truck operators. 700 companies with 200,000 truck operators. I called the TCA yesterday. And I asked them, "How do I become a member? Where is the driver category?" And the lady said, "Well, we really just represent management." I said, "But you claim that you represent two hundred thousand operators. How can you make that claim if there's not a membership level for me to be in?" And she had to forward me on up the ladder, talk to somebody else but, but see, this is their own people don't realize what the hell they're doing. So what did they tell you? Well, I actually had to get off the phone at that point. My work crew crew returned back from break. So I said, well, I'll I'll contact this guy later. I haven't gotten around to it. Before we go any further, there's a third group that just became public, I think, within the last year or so. They call themselves the Alliance for Driver Safety and Security. This is Maverick. J.B. Hunt, and a couple of other carriers. Now, get the name, Alliance for Driver Safety and Security. They're on Capitol Hill, and with a name like that, who do you think they're representing, supposedly? You see what? These people are playing dirty tricks, in other words. Um, And they are on the Hill talking to all the legislatures daily. Jerry can tell you a story about that conversation with his congressman. Congressman told Jerry, you know, you've given me this information that I have never seen before. It has to do with uh, uh, drivers working uh, 30 to 40 hours a week that they're not compensated for. And the congressman said to Jerry, Jerry... uh, you know, they, they come visit my office every day, but they don't bring this kind of information to share with us. They only present what they want be told, what they want to be heard, and they are not the voice of the driver. They're using their right. power and influence against the driver, and we've got to wake up and see this.
2: Well, you know, um, I, uh, Pat, I just got, like, a ton of people that just jumped on the line it's like all at once within the last 30 seconds Uh so uh the the title of the show is is the ata the voice for the professional driver and uh for those of you who just came on you know uh well i'm just going to let you listen to this recording and we've just been discussing it now
5: well, thank you Elizabeth and and first let me say what an honor it is uh to to be elected chairman of the American Trucking Association. As you know, the ATA is is the voice of our industry uh to lots of groups around the country but maybe most importantly for us uh the voice of trucking to to uh, Congress and to the to the uh, folks that make the the laws in Washington and as well as those who who, uh, who make regulations that affect our industry. So it, uh, it, it, it is really an honor to be the representative or the spokesperson for the, uh, for the industry. Or as I say, I'm the head cheerleader for, uh, for the industry here in Washington and uh, as well as other places around the country. And, and you're absolutely right, Elizabeth. It's a, it's a really critical time here for our industry. As you know, we're. Well, I'm sure we'll get into it as we go, but we're in the, on the verge here of, of getting a new highway bill. And of course, so most of my attention as well as the staff here at ATA is focused on Capitol Hill and, and with the administration trying to put together a long-term highway bill that will provide the infrastructure investment that we need to keep this economy uh, moving in this country.
2: Okay, so um, they are the voice of trucking, and uh, they are the voice to go to Congress and for regulations. And, by the way, um, some of these regulations, you know, what are they? ELDs, speed limiters, uh, lowering the age limit, longer and heavier trucks, um, you know, <clears throat> things like that. And if if I'm not mistaken, um, I don't think... Uh, you know, drivers are are really for any of those things. So, Pat, um, I just wanted th- for everybody who jumped on to be able to hear that that little clip. So, uh,
7: well, I'd like to also, also go ahead. I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt.
2: Not only well, that, there's a delay here, so it's hard.
7: Yeah, they 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 put out a video. The HCA had all their. I don't know what you call them, road squad, road crew drivers come in, and they, they presented a video uh, concerning this Denham method, uh, which was, you know, the Denham method. As long as the sum of the pieces produced, when divided by that time it took to produce those pieces, equals seven twenty five an hour, then everything's okay. The ATA has been pushing... That this is going to cause drivers uh, in, in California and there's 21 other states that have similar labor laws. These interstate over-the-road drivers are going to have to take 10-minute breaks as mandated by the individual state laws. This is what the ATA is
2: pushing. Now,
7: but Pat, really work let, me, that away. let me
2: just Pat. Let's just back up. Okay, and okay. tell people what we're referring to. Okay, what Pat's talking about is the provision in the new FAA reauthorization bill. And and we had a uh, a radio show last week or the week before with Alan on this, and we had a um, an attorney explaining this bill. But that's what he's he's talking about, and basically. Um, uh there's part A and part B and and pat i'm I'm just going to uh read it for people to listen okay. to part A and then part B and then we can talk about what uh the ATA is telling their drivers um on on their you know employees for the members the mega carriers who are members and they're actually trying to get them to you know vote yes for this amendment by actual it's actual deception and if you heard that show last week you'd know why but anyway at part a of this bill and it's the same as the Denham amendment that they tried to slip in the highway bill uh at the 11th hour of last year and it got struck down anyway um it says a state political subdivision of a state or a political authority of two or more states may not enact or enforce a law regulation or other provision having the force and effect of law prohibiting employees whose hours of service are subject to regulation by the secretary under Section 31502 from working to the full extended permit or at such times as permitted under such section or imposing any additional obligations on motor carriers of such employees and what that basically says is you know the states can't allow extra um extra breaks or extra pay for breaks or things like that that because they're under you know authority and this is this is what they wrote in this is the provision that they wanted but here's part b which is the, the really dangerous part that the ATA doesn't even touch Okay, It says a state political subdivision of a state or political authority of two or more states may not enact or enforce a law, regulation, or other provision having the force and effect of law that requires a motor carrier that compensates employees on a piece rate basis, cents per mile, to pay those employees separate. Okay, now listen to this. Separate or additional compensation, provided that the motor carrier pays the employee a total sum that when divided by the total number of hours worked uh, is equal or, or, or greater than hourly minimum wage. Okay, that's the dangerous part. So as long as you're making minimum wage... They don't have to compensate you for anything other than cents per mile, and that equals detention time, uh, paperwork. You know, what are some of the other things, Jerry? Pat, help me out here that well, drivers don't
7: pay for. let's
4: back up for one
7: second. It says, and this applies to anyone who's working under Part 395 of Title 40, 49, Code of Federal Regulations. We know that right. better as being... Part 395, Hours of Service. So this applies to anybody working under the Hours of Service laws, anybody, anywhere. So what the ATA, what we know, California, there have been in-state drivers that have been misclassified, that have also been denied their brakes as California state law requires, Okay, and they have gone to court and they have fought
2: and won. Congress, but let's let's clarify Eleanor, the break, Pat. We need to clarify well, every, it right off every, the bat. Every
7: four hours, and we know this from other other uh, you know jobs as well. Generally, for every four hours the employee works, they are granted a paid ten minute break. Having employed people myself, never thought anything of it. Two hours into the work day, everybody takes a ten minute break. Two hours into the afternoon, everybody takes a paid ten minute break. This is happening all over the country for regular working people. Okay? Uh that's all it's boiled down to a ten minute, a paid okay, ten but, minute but break. The
2: thing we have to we have to stress here, Pat, is drivers are getting upset because they think they actually have to stop to take this Yes,
7: that's where I'm going with that. So, in-state drivers, drivers working, picking up and delivering inside of California border, they are required by law to have these breaks or be compensated if they miss their breaks. Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton was on Landline Now the other day talking about this. And she says, and I've had other drivers tell me as well, interstate commerce laws, and I don't know the exact reference numbers, but but we know that what happens to drivers working inside the state of, of, of California varies from us drivers, us over-the-road drivers that go into California, drop a load, pick up a load, and leave the state of California. We are not held to these in-state rules and regulations as the in-state drivers would be. But what the ATA has done is they're painting a picture that we over-the-road drivers are going to have to contend with not only California's state law, but 21 other state laws as well. They're painting a picture that we're going to have to be lawyers knowing all the laws of all these states so we can... Can pull over and take 10 minute breaks They're painting the picture that's going to take us 20 minutes To find a place to park We're going to lose money Okay, This is a picture that the ATA Is painting And I've talked to OIDA Of course Donna you've talked to your people as well We've got Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton Saying the ATA Is wrong Well why are they painting this picture
1: by the Why way, Pat, let me pick Pat. Let
6: Go me for pick it. this up here. Go for it. Uh, for those in the audience who don't know, I studied transportation law from 1964 to 1966. There is an Interstate Commerce Act. What's going on here, Pat? Is right. 1965. I worked for ATA Transport in North Bergen, New Jersey, just casualizing college.
1: Many, many times,
6: old cab over max, straight truck. Many, many times, the dispatcher said, Jerry, you got a lot of pickups. You want to work through lunch? Yeah. No big deal. Now, I did get paid time and a half because you got, you know, if you work more than eight hours and you got time and a half after eight. So they pay me for that. That was in the days before computers. This is all tracked by pencil. The state of New York which I've been running geez, since the 60s, they have an intrastate. And it, you know, if you pick up and deliver within the state of New York, your lunch hour must be all your time is on duty. No big deal, because most of us are going across state lines. Very few work what we call intrastate. This has never been an issue. What's going on here, really? You'd have to say, well, why is this going on? These ATA people know where to tickle your driver's funny bone. They know exactly what to say to get you all upset and focused on a non-issue. How many of you, before you got into trucking, worked in the industry, offices, or whatever, there was always a 10-minute break in the morning, 10-minute break in the afternoon. It's nothing. But see, they know exactly where to go at this time and place to get the drivers all wild up. What's really going on is FedEx and some other big kahunas have got their tail end in a jam. FedEx recently had to write the check, don't believe a word I'm saying, go on Google, for $250 million for misclassification of employees, as they claim the FedEx ground drivers were contractors, and they really aren't. This, the ATA, Walmart, FedEx and others took this to the Supreme Court when a decision in California came down against them. The Supreme Court wouldn't even hear it. They reviewed it, and they said, no, Ninth Circuit's got it right. Here's the big, this is a tsunami about to hit this industry. This whole lease purchase, leasing to, misclassification the so-called contract employees is about to blow wide open.
4: There are other
6: states it. that FedEx. There are other states that FedEx has this in court. In Kansas, this is in writing, folks. The judge looked at FedEx's defense in Kansas and said, "This is laughable." If four other states decide on the class action suits, that's just with FedEx right now. You're talking about one billion dollars in back pay. That's not including the fines, the penalties, and interest for non-payment of workers' comp, non-payment of Social Security, non-payment of unemployment taxes. There's a tsunami coming. This is what they're covering up. So they've come out here, oh, we know how to get these drivers upset. We know how to. We'll tell them. They've got another brake issue coming up in addition to the half-hour thing. And by the way, like Donna says, the ELD, these speed limiters, the less than 21 age, every one of the issues that we're blaming FMSCA for, FMSCA is only doing what they're told to do. Congress is doing this, but who's behind? I guarantee you, no congressman woke up in the middle of the night and said, oh, we got to have electronic logs in those trucks. It all came from the ATA and the ATA members, which are all the big carriers. Trying to control their competition. So they got you drivers with your underwear and a wad over a completely non issue issue.
7: The Alliance for Driver Safety and Security has even gone a step further. They back higher liability minimum, which is currently $700,000. They're pushing for that as well. Well, I wonder why. Aren't they all self-insured? Is it going to raise their premiums any? Of course not. What Jerry says, I believe in. They are trying to control the market. We don't have a free market as I see it. We have a controlled market.
4: And, and you know, I just in. want to add
2: to what Jerry said, Pat. I yeah. just want to um, say that Again, there's 21 states that have these breaks that are allowed and payment for those breaks. So, in other words, even if you don't take your break, if you waive it, you know, well, I I don't have time or something like that, or I can't, whatever your reason, you are allowed to waive the break. But they're making you think that it's federal law. It's not. It's a state allowance looking out for for employee welfare. And you don't have to memorize anything in in those states. However, the companies do have to know and keep track of what to pay the drivers as they go through these states. So now you can see why they are trying so hard to get this provision in the FAA bill because all it would amount to is maybe an extra fifty dollars or so a week per driver. I mean which right. is two hundred dollars a month, which is, you know, it's like twenty five hundred uh dollars a year in a driver's pocket, especially if they work in primarily in the states that allow the, the these these brakes. Yeah, if but applies, <clears throat> if you, you watch the video, and I wish you know we had audio here, but if you watch the video, I posted it on the show page. Um, thanks, Pat, for sending that to me. It has these drivers. Well, I don't have time. I'm going to lose money if I have to do all these breaks. And yeah, we need to just vote no, um, uh, yes on this amendment. You know, we don't we don't have time, and and you know, so they've. Actually, talk these drivers into ironically saving their carriers twenty five hundred dollars a year per driver and taking away from themselves money because well, why but, they they weren't explained, but that's just part a pat part b well, make no, make no it, mistake
7: about this they're trying to federalize the labor laws that apply. To to truck drivers, anybody working under Part 395. This is unprecedented. I mean, they're trying to say, oh, the states, what the states have decided is what's best in their state is not going to apply even to drivers that only work in those states. They're trying to federalize labor law concerning drivers that work under Part 395. This is, un- I point? this is
6: unprecedented. I'd like to point something out here, because remember, I'm the old historian here. There's precedent for this, really. It may be. We don't know. See, there's so much about this. There's so many questions that need to be answered first regarding this whole thing. Well, Pat's saying there, when they say two or more states cannot oppose the law, he's right. In a way, we're being federalized. Why do I? I'm sure that. Back in the early 80s, yeah, here we go, old is old times again, but they apply. When they first came up with the concept of a CDL, and oh, why did they come up with the concept of a commercial driver's license? Because all your big truckload carriers out there, the Schneiders, the Werners, the Hunts, and all these, were taking people off the factory floor, riding them up and down the road two or three miles, putting them in a truck and says, you'll catch on sooner or later. That's why you have to have a CDL. The government went nuts when they found out. You think it's bad now watching a new driver, and I don't fault that, a new driver learning to back in, and he's got a trainer out there working with. We had people out here that hadn't only driven a truck four or five miles in the middle of a truck stop trying to back. So anyway, here we go with the CDL. When that initially started, we were all going to have like a federal driver's license, like an airline pilot has a pilot's license. Well, when it got started many states could have said, Oh, wait a minute, you can't do that. See folks, none of us are a citizen of the United States of America. We are a citizen of a state that is a member of the United States of America. So when the states started yelling states rights, these are our citizens, you can't impose federal regulations on our citizens regarding the licensing. So they had to go back in and rework the whole thing. What finally happened is the states had to agree that they would have to issue CDLs based on federal minimums, but it would be issued by the individual states that the person is a citizen of, states' rights. Well, here we are again with the Denim Amendment, they're trying to say, like Pat used the phrase, they're trying to federalize you. Well, no one even knows what that looks like. Attorneys have even told us you may not even have workers' comp, which is very important in trucking. I was severely injured one time. And in my studies, our uh, trucking industry has more than double the time lost injuries every year that construction does. So don't mis- dismiss that workers' comp thing.
7: Right. So. Right.
6: If you're no longer with labor laws as citizen like I'm in Iowa right now. If I get injured in Iowa because there's like a reciprocity thing in the states. I would file a worker, if I was an employee, file a workers' comp claim in Iowa. Well, if this passes, possibly, we don't know. But it's possible, according to attorneys. I would say, hey, now, wait a minute. Uh, you're no longer, when it comes to your work and your vocation, you don't have any states rights. Well then what do we do? This is a this is possibly a black hole. This has never been done before.
4: Yeah, never been done the before.
6: The no no classification. And it specifically says only those under three ninety five of the Code of Federal Regulations does this law apply to. But no one knows the far reaching effects or not. What are they? no one knows. This point, it, I'm going to put it here. Give me a minute here, Pat, and I'll end it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Folks, sorry. you need to understand something. In the era of personal responsibility, I'm going to get tough here now. The air of personal responsibility. We're no longer. It's not the unions anymore. And the drivers and the workers have no voice anymore. So, therefore, we have to do it individually but collectively if we can. And the more calls, the better. If this gets past and all of this possibly does happen to you who are you going to blame don't blame the government don't blame fmca blame the first person that you see in the mirror tomorrow morning if you aren't making those calls
2: and the the phone number and by the way we have the link oida by the way is pushing for this hard and heavy to call your representatives and say no to uh, to the FAA reauthorization section 611, uh, <clears throat> so they're on board with it. But who would you believe, the a- the ATA or OIDA? I mean, come on. And I have- uh, of course, I, I want to make this announcement, Pat. I wanted. Okay. I didn't even tell you when I was on the phone, but this I got this as a uh, an alert in my email box during a press release today, a press conference, I'm sorry, uh, Senator Boxer shined the light on the dangerous special interest provision in House FAA bill, okay, listen to what she said, during the highway bill, Chairman Schuster and I had a knockdown, down, drag out battle on this, and it almost Brought down the bill," Boxer said. In other words, it almost brought down this amendment, and she's talking about the denim amendment now. And she said, "And and he was pushing it hard in the highway bill, and we stopped it. Okay, uh, and, and that, that's the denim amendment. So they had a knockout drag out battle over the the provision in the FAA bill, and little did I dream in my wildest dreams, that this nightmare would come back in a completely unrelated bill. It's shameful. So what she's saying is they had a knockout battle over the denim Amendment, pushing it uh, in the highway bill, and it was rejected. And now she was shocked that they put it in an aviation bill, people. It's in the aviation bill, dug way deep, under miscellaneous, okay, and then, let's see, how did they categorize it? Section 611, under the miscellaneous, Section 6, under federal authority, okay? And that's where, and I read it to you before, this provision is hidden. And make no mistake, if you listen to our last show, uh, where it was explained where uh, Christina Humphreys uh was on and I really recommend you listen to that show again to really understand it more deeply how dangerous it is uh this is this would just prevent drivers from ever being paid any kind of work except the mileage they drive okay I'm done go ahead Pat I I just had to read that to you I thought that was pretty pretty heavy
7: Well it doesn't it doesn't Say that the carrier cannot pay detention time. No, no, it just says Um,
2: that they don't have to.
7: I've had a lot of drivers say, "Oh no, it doesn't say that at all." No, it doesn't say that they can't. But why would they? Read it again. They're trying to say, as long as the driver makes five hundred and seven dollars and fifty cents for working seventy hours, that's okay. That's good enough. It sets a baseline that is so low, it's easily achieved. $507, that's about, what at 60 miles an hour, that's about 12.5 cents a mile. So they're pretty well assured that as long as they're paying more than that, they're going to get by, okay? It doesn't raise the standard any at all. Um, having talked with attorney in D.C. about this, it was explained to me that this would make it next to impossible for us to try and push any other type of payment other than uh piecework wages. We know that like drivers that. we know that drivers now they're screaming detention pay, detention pay. This fourteen hour rule that we have to work under, we're losing so much production time. You've gotta have time to produce pieces. Well, if that time's wasted, drivers are saying, hey, I can't make a living. I need to get compensated for this detention time. Well, if this goes through, what are these shippers and receivers going to say? Hey, it's not my fault that you don't pay your drivers at least $507, and now you want me to pay you extra money because they're sitting on my lot? Uh, Do it mathematically, and this is ridiculous. Um, I'd like One to,
2: minute, I'd like I'm to a minute. One minute. Okay. Harry, like I have some. Up. I've already lost some callers <laughs> that tried to call in. I think they just got tired of waiting. Let me just uh, keep your, on, both yeah. of you keep keep your thoughts, please, because I don't want <laughs> to lose everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to open four line. So okay, four one seven. Who do we no, have here? No. It's Hal. Hey Hal, how what what are you up to tonight?
8: Oh well, i stepped into this late and Jerry and yeah, a lot of people wanna say something and I'm sure they they need to they I, I, they need a chance to get in there and get a word in anyways. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, what Jerry and, and Pat have been saying are is is right on right on the ball. I mean Pat's sitting there covering everything I wanted to sit there and say, you know, My biggest concern for the drivers is the fact that if this amendment goes through, if we don't fight, the people don't make the call like you said, and this goes through, any opportunity for us to push for fair wages for work done or detention or layover or any of that and to get the shippers and the trucking companies to pay us properly, we lose it. We're going to lose it all. Right. I mean, That's right. drivers have
1: been, like, like Pat said, drivers
8: have been screaming for detention pay, layover pay, for years. Some companies pay it. Other companies, they'll sit there and say, well, we don't charge our customers uh, detention pay. We don't do that. And you ask them why, they say, well, we'd end up losing an account. Well, what's more important, losing your account or losing your drivers? You know, because... Drivers need to be paid fairly for everything that they do, all right you got, you gotta you know, yeah, it's a part of our job. do a pre trip, do a post trip, fill the tank up, you know, uh, making repairs on the truck is not a part of our job, necessarily. I mean, a lot of companies say you don't turn a wrench, period, you don't put a screwdriver to nothing, you don't touch mm-hmm. anything, you let the shops do it, but the problem is that driver is down. For that time, while well, that work's got to be done, I mean but you know loading unloading there are times where a driver is stuck with having to fingerprint the load to put it on the trailer or to take it off. company might pay fifty maybe a hundred fifty dollars to that driver. How many hours is it going to take to fingerprint every package that is floor loaded on a trailer or even uh Well, I did uh, food-grade bulk tankers, so just take a bulk tanker. How long does it take that driver to unload that tanker, liquid or bulk? How long is it going to take that driver to unload a trailer, a drive-in, or a reefer? He has to assist to do that. This can take hours sometimes. If you don't have any help and you're the only one in there doing it, it's going to take a while, and you don't get paid for it. You know, the store isn't going to pay for it. The warehouse isn't going to pay for it. And the trucking company, even if they do pay for it, it's not fair wage. Mm -hmm. You know, for the work that you've had to do, it is not fair wage. This bill, if it goes through, and a sneaky son of a gun that that done it, Mr. Denham in particular, to sneak this into the FAA bill, this is aviation, has nothing to do with ground transportation. To sneak this in there, to me, what I see is Mr. Denham trying to protect his business and uh, his, what do you call, constituents, their businesses from being stuck having to pay extra for work that a driver has to do or time he has to wait or something like that. If, If they can prevent that from happening, well, that's money that they don't have to lose. They can keep that money in their pockets. Same thing with the trucking companies. ATA, they're back in this. What the heck's the ATA doing, uh, getting involved with the FAA? All right. Mm-hmm. What, what is their business in the FAA? They got no business in the FAA. They're not FAA.
2: They are trucking. Well, well let me just and let me they're just they're tell you so so you know. Now you you the Denim amendment was brought in by Jeff Denim of California. Okay. Yep. And that yep. was struck down, and that was uh, just like you said, Hal, done in the eleventh hour. This now, new we want one
8: point in that process.
2: We want this, one heck of a yeah, this, in
8: that process.
2: The this new one now. This is what happened, how they how they got it in the House Committee on Transportation and in, Infrastructure, okay? They sent a letter, an argument was made for the supporters of six eleven. They said we need this to clarify a pre the preemption provision. Of the FAA Authorization Act of 1994
3: to restore
2: the stuff. goals Congress intended. See, they're arguing what con- it's like. It's like reading the Bible or the Constitution and saying, "Well, no, that's not what they meant. They meant this." So yeah, they want their own interpretation. So they're saying that to restore the goals of Congress intended when it sought national uniformity for motor carriers. And basically what Jerry said before, where they contested this the first time, the, um, what was it, the appellate, the, the ninth, uh, appellate court? Ninth district, yeah. Ninth d- district court ninth. said, no, you know, that's not true. That This is what it means. And yeah, you've got to pay the drivers for, and if they don't want to take their break, fine, but you still have to pay them, okay? Yep. So, um, So now they're trying the same thing. So they wrote a letter to the House uh, Committee on Infrastructure. And who was it that sent the letter? Well, here's just some of the names. Let me let you know uh, who they were. Uh, Among the letters sent were American Trucking Associations, the 50 ATA-affiliated State Trucking Associations, the National Private Truck Council, the Truckload Carriers Association, and the truck renting and leasing association. Now this is just part of the list. There's a bigger list, but this is this is the ones that concern us. And the one who was um a uh, transportation infrastructure committee chairman Bill Schuster uh he was the one that introduced the AIR Act legislation, which included the provision. So it's Bill Schuster, and that's the same guy that Barbara Boxer was fighting with, I guess, over the, the Denim it, Amendment. Okay. So I, anyway, it, go ahead. I just wanted to, to give a little background, Hal. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no that's, that's all right.
8: Fine. That's all right. Um, you know, I, I, and anybody that's ever heard me or read anything that I've ever written article wise knows I don't trust the ATA worth a flip you know Mm -hmm. they're they're not backing the drivers they're not helping the drivers Uh, there's been extremely little that I've ever seen that the ATA ever did ever did that was beneficial for the drivers you know so it it doesn't surprise me We we could throw all the names off the wall that you could ever think of of the people who are members of the ATA. And hey, these are the people, these are the trucking companies that are a part of the ATA that are saying, Oh, we gotta pass this because if we don't, we're gonna have to pay all this money. You know, drivers right. are gonna be able to go to their states and say, Hey, you know, they didn't pay me for this and that and the states going to turn around tell the trucking company, you owe this driver X amount of dollars. How long has this driver been working for you? How many years? And how many times has right. this happened? We're just going to make a lump sum guess and just say you owe this one driver fifty thousand dollars for the past two years. You know. Well, I wish I could
2: show the, the 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 video. I mean, I yeah, put the link. I, I put the link up on the show page. It's a, it, it's the con, it's under comments and it says this is how drivers are coached by ATA to promote their agenda. It's a YouTube video, I and seen it. it but
8: have to look at it i want to go go ahead i want to go ahead and step out of the way as much as i'd like to be in here uh i'm going to say one thing and then i'm going to step out of the way so somebody else get a chance to get in and get their two cents in also because i feel this is important but i've got to say this to the people whether you're a driver uh family member of a driver anybody that supports truck drivers i mean if you're in here and you're with this then get on the phone, call your state representative, tell them, put this bill down, yank this piece out of the FAA out bill. Out of it
2: the has FAA, yep. do,
8: Out of the FAA bill, it has nothing to do with trucking whatsoever, and, it, and it's irresponsible on the part of Bill Schuster and anybody else that supports Bill Schuster, Jeff Denham, anybody else. I mean, this has got me about that close to just saying, A Republican? Heck no, I don't know them, you know. And well, I know God it's an
2: embarrassment I, because I, I uh, we're Republicans, yeah. and it seems like all the Republicans uh, on these committees are against the drivers. It's it's it is embarrassing, Hal.
4: Yes, it is. I mean,
2: is. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean Barbara Boxer is you know yep, a, a, a diehard this, Democrat, and here you she is the one park. you know supporting the the truck drivers.
8: Yeah. I think. Did you hear what I just said?
2: <laughs> no, I didn't, Hal. I'm sorry. So
8: I said. I said, Jeff. I hope you're listening to this. You need to talk to Marco.
2: Marco Rubio. Yes, yep. I know. Yep. I, I I want to talk to Marco. I'm getting, much, <laughs>
8: I'm, I'm getting that much. closer to supporting that guy. I mean, I'm getting oh, that yeah, much I'm closer. Oh yeah,
2: I'm definitely support supporting him. him. But definitely. by the way, I'd
8: like to. I'd like to throw something in here.
6: Yep. This is just Jeff Dedham. But now the oh, no, senator no. that's backing this is Kevin McCarthy. Does that sound Oh, funny? really? He, yes. Sure he was, was going to be that the was,
2: House Speaker. Yeah. yeah.
6: Yeah. I mean, there are some big guns here, folks. Get on the phones. And here's another get thing, like I was saying.
1: These
8: calls, so, you need to do this. Right. It's important.
1: Let me go ahead See, and get the, out of
8: the way. Donna, you let somebody else get in there. I, I know there's other people who want to say something. Let them get in there. I, well, I I'm going to... Other,
7: other I want to hear other people say something as well.
8: But
5: what
7: we've okay. got to understand, the Denham Amendment was an amendment to the highway bill. The highway bill did not necessarily have to be passed. They have been putting it off year after year. The FAA bill, it is absolutely necessary, 100% positive. It will go through. It has to go through to fund the but airports be and everything out. else. This but is this is can be taken a, out of no, it. No, what? Matt. Stop! This is not an amendment to the bill. This is right. part the of the bill. So yes, this, but, but they can still remove it.
2: It has to be yeah, stricken
7: from the bill.
2: Yes, it has but they to can, can remove it from the, from the wording can be removed because there's a lot of things that they're discussing over this bill. It's only a draft right now. Right. So there's there's other things that they're discussing, but this is one thing that I think has really ruffled uh, uh, the feathers. Another great guy who's opposing this, and this is a name, uh, he's very trucker friendly, is Peter DeFazio of oh, Oregon. Uh, of Oregon. Uh, he's against this also. And, of course, another Democrat, which, you know, <laughs> hey, it's, they, they seem to be the truck driver's friends, you know? And then yeah. the, the, the Republicans, like I said, I'm embarrassed. Uh, but it's like the Republicans are the ones who are against. And we have a whole Twitter list of Twitter tags of uh, all these people. Uh, not, You know, we don't break it down to who's for and who against, but we've been tweeting out to everybody. And if you're on Twitter, Twitter is very powerful. So if you just want to look at our Twitter page and then retweet stuff, that'll work, or go to the article. Uh, That's posted on the show page And on Ask the Trucker And it's got a whole list of everybody's um, Twitter tags So you know This can easily be done I'm going to open 630's line I noticed his um, hand was up before So um, Hi 630 Did you want to make a comment I noticed your hand was up before
1: Well again I think this whole argument Is Somewhat interesting in that the ATA and TCA never have been and never will be driver organizations. They're trucking, you know, truck company organizations. There are times that most drivers may oppose things that they are pushing, and there will be times that we may support things they are pushing. I work a lot on the sleep apnea issues, this is Bob Stanton. Um, ATA right. and BCA were in favor of public law 11345. So I think getting upset with a group like ATA on the denim Amendment, yes, we're on the other side of the issue, but it's like being upset with, you know, advocates for highway safety or the truck safety coalition. They're doing what their group is supposed to do. Sometimes you'll agree with them, Sometimes
4: you'll disagree. And okay, you do well, the political I think, Bob, though, what him. we're –
2: Bob, what we're really saying is that they have gotten, and I don't know how much of this show you got to hear, if you heard it in the beginning, but what's annoying about this is they got a bunch of drivers to do a video to say, oh, we're going to lose money and time and this and that. So they they deceive them into believing that, oh, this is going to be terrible for you, you know, there's 20 states with all these rules, you're going to have to keep track, you're going to have to be stopping every, you know, four hours, ten minutes, and, you know, letting them think it was like the 30-minute federal uh, break, when in actuality it's, it's a choice, you know, they can waive the break and just take the money, okay? But they didn't tell them that, so they got them all upset, and then they didn't tell them about Part B, which which says, and I read that in the beginning of the show, but you can, you can look at Part B yourself. We have the links all over uh, with FAA Section 611 and what it says. But Part B says that you will only be paid for your piecework and that you don't have to be paid for any other time as long as you make minimum wage by the end of the week, okay?
1: I guess guess the the point is they are lobbying, and they are an effective lobbying group. They did a lobbying piece that we disagree with. There are other groups that also make lobbying pieces that many of us disagree with. The job is to educate folks and and to reach out to your, your appropriate representatives. Amen.
2: And absolutely. But the the point I think that's upsetting to me is this is America, and you have every right to lobby, and I respect that 100%. But when you're going to deceive somebody to lobby for you or to promote your your agenda without telling them the full story of what this provision entails... Then I get upset. Then I'm no then longer welcome to, I'm sorry
1: that. then welcome to politics. Because politics is not about truth or untruth. It is it is about perceptions.
2: Okay, yeah. well this, this tip, well, yeah. you know, I Wait, just oh, have to tell you that I'm upset about it. I mean I don't know if but, if it doesn't upset you, that's fine. It's you know, part power of the to lobbying
1: you. process. If you you you've gotta work hard operating out effective lobbying from your emotions. If you let your emotions get involved, you can often lose your effectiveness in lobbying. That's right. Uh,
2: Many drivers don't realize. That's that's why we're doing what we're doing because we want the truth. I mean, that's the whole idea of the show. You know, just hear people, this is what's really happening. You know, you're not going to have to stop every four hours. You can waive that, but you will be paid for it. And that's the part they really don't want. They don't want to want to uh, have to pay. There you go. And that's
1: that effective lobbying. What you're doing right, right. now is effective lobbying. Right.
2: Okay. So well, let somebody else out. step in. Okay. Thanks, Bob, for calling in. Um, let's see. Okay. I lost a couple of people here that had their hands up. All right, so Pat, Jerry, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to take our uh, our second commercial break. Um and then you guys can, you know, I know you had a lot of notes and you wanted to say things. So we'll be back in a minute. <laughs>
0: Hey everybody, Alan Smith here and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on twitter as at truckerlawyers call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503
2: Well, welcome back, everybody. Um, tonight's show is the ATA, the voice for the professional driver. Uh, we've been talking about uh, wages and uh, the FAA uh, provision bill in Section 611 and what that would do to driver wages. And uh, we've got uh, Jerry Fritz and Pat Hockaday, uh with me tonight, helping me co host and uh, we've had uh, great callers, and I'm looking to see if anybody else's hands up. Bear with me because there's a lot of people on here, and I have to scroll down. No, okay, no. no. I'd like to quickly, uh, so, I'd like to
6: quickly make a point here. Sure, go ahead, Jerry. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I studied a little bit of law. That doesn't make me dear a lawyer. But you know, a lot of times, this is what the law is: it's how it's being interpreted. I'm an owner operator; have my own authority. <laughs> And by the time this sits down through the marketplace, this is what will likely happen. I'm in there, and I'm negotiating rates for a load, and I own a carrier, and I have employees. We'll just make believe right. And I get to the point where the shipper, I say, okay, uh, we've got, you know, this is working well with our per mile. I'd like to talk about detention. And the shipper's going to sit there with this great big cigar blowing springs and says, what do you mean detention? Get away from me. You don't even you don't even have to pay detention anymore. See, once you sit down, this that yeah, this is what's going to happen. The ship will say, "You don't." It's against the law to even charge detention. Remember, it isn't what the law is; it's how it will be interpreted in the marketplace. So then, I'm going to have to sit there and counsel him and tell him, "You know, we don't need that roadblock." Then the other thing I find interesting about how this was written. Even us carriers pretty much bill by the mile. Piecework, correct? Right. Well, isn't it interesting that the law wasn't written that the trucking industry could only charge for piecework? They didn't write it that way. The trucking industry cannot pay their, or doesn't have to legally pay the driver for anything but piecework. So my mm-hmm. thoughts are hmm. The carrier could actually still be charging detention, and doesn't have to legally share it with the driver.
2: Right. I mean that's, the, and, that? but, that's, that's. That's what they don't. That's what they don't tell them. You know, they just tell them one little part to get them riled up, and um, you know, I, I do hope some of the some of the people who were in that uh, video got to listen. I know XM Radio's been talking about this. Landline now has been talking about it. We talk about it. Um so I hope they got to really understand the truth behind what was told to them. So uh, I, I some. let me
6: share something with you here. Many years ago I was one of the runners up for that America's Road team. I was in Alexandria, Virginia. I was there you cannot believe the political correctness process they go through to select the final 10. In fact, the evening of the dinner where they selected the final 10, even a vice president of the American Trucker Association, a lady that night, was astounded at the group of 10 that they chose. She stood there and was looking at the group, couldn't believe what happened, after the group was chosen, there wasn't even any applause. Everybody sat there completely stunned. She came around and apologized to some of us that the group thought, the drivers thought, would really be in the group. That is so politically correct, it isn't even funny. So don't be impressed I was there. In fact, and what one you know, driver, there
5: This is for the America's
6: Road Team. These are are the people that they have on film. America's Road Team. In fact, I felt so bad for Robert's Express driver, who was just totally outstanding. Everybody knew he was going to be one of the ten. There's political correctness in here like you can't even believe. I felt so bad when I got back home. I called his carrier in Akron, Ohio and said, you know, something went real wrong. If there was anybody that should have been chosen, even had me, he was good. He wasn't chosen. The vice president of Why the American wasn't he? Trucking Association, because there were other things that had to <laughs> be taken care of. Certain carriers had drivers there for the first time who really didn't want to participate. They got chosen. I won't go into the details, but anyway, Okay. the president of the American Trucking Association, there was no applause. Nobody knew what to say. She went over and apologized to that Roberts Express driver and one other driver in the group in front of everyone. She said, I don't know what happened here. She said, but I just want you to know, and he, he flat-told her off, the other driver was a little bit more diplomatic about it.
7: Right. But in
6: front of the whole group, the American, the Vice President of the American Truck Association apologized to these people in front of the whole room. So that's who these people are that are so called making the tape. They have to be mm-hmm. dyed in the wool, convinced that the ATA is the god of whole trucking, or you don't get in that final ten.
2: I was then And that's something. Well uh, just like, everybody who's coming on the line, just um if you if you want to be part of the show, just click one on your keypad. It notifies me that you want to be part of the show. And those who are listening online either through the link on Facebook or our show page. Um, If you want to ask a question or make a comment, dial in 347-826-9170. That's 347-826-9170. And then, again, click one on your keypad after you do that, and that just kind of tells us what you want to talk. Okay, um, I just had to say this. Uh, You know... um, you know, the thing we were talking about before, Jerry and Pat, we were talking about how, over the years, drivers have become conditioned to accept that the only pay they really deserve, even though they fight for for paid-for-all work, they accept that they're not. And it wasn't always like that. I mean, you used to get paid for all your work and now um, you know it's like you're you're just accepted you know you work an extra 30 hours a week and and that's okay it's just part of my job and I I find that so unusual
6: I'd like to pick that up we discussed that last night I started full time 1966 I'm third generation worked part time before that For most of the industry, not all the industry, we had to exempt carriers and stuff like that. For a majority of the industry, it wasn't even a second thought. You got paid for all of your time. If you went into a shipper, you called Central Dispatch, they marked down your time. No, by the way, you logged at line four. In 1978, I have the documents in my truck. There's drivers that may be listening. I've done this in truck stops in nineteen seventy eight the hourly pay was nine seventy eight an hour for any non driving work chain time pickup time delivery time breakdown time layover time terminal delay time everything <laughs> was paid for it was nine thirty eight an hour
7: and minimum run, that, through, now, now run that cents an hour run that
6: through run that through the <laughs> inflation calculator and today that would be thirty three dollars and sixty six cents an hour. So in my thoughts, here's where I get in trouble. Many drivers, when I talk to them about this or we discuss this, they can't conceive of the day that that would happen. See, I can't believe it did happen. I can't believe we aren't being paid. And by the way, no driver stood up and put up his hands and surrendered.
4: It was basically
6: your truckload carriers after deregulation took that away from America's truck drivers. They took it away from the employees. For a big portion of the industry, at one time, 87% (laughs) of the manufactured regulated goods, according to newspapers, moved (laughs) under the old teamster contract. You were paid for everything. (laughs) And you logged everything and made a very good living.
2: And when did that change?
6: Deregulation. In fact, Pat I I has some numbers I, I've shown to him. In 1982, I'm senior <laughs> man on the extra board for the eighth largest care in the nation. I used to run three rounds a week to Oklahoma City, Dallas, or Kingsport, or something like that, home every other day. And I'm making almost $54,000 a year working 61 in the, 70 hours in eight days to 61 and a quarter hours in seven days. 100% legal logbook. Everything we did was in that logbook. That fifty three thousand fifty four thousand dollars $54,000 Pat and I ran the numbers again tonight, would be one hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars. Tim Brady, there's an article out now, something about paying your drivers over a hundred thousand. I know Tim Brady; he was in the household right. business. Those guys did better. Than we did,
2: right? Based on household pay. Alan was being pay, household back, uh-huh.
6: yeah, All right, you know. So they're mm-hmm. making thirty. They're making more than us union drivers did in nineteen
2: 19- whatever.
6: That should be up near one hundred fifty thousand. But people think that's so crazy. Go to Bureau of minute. Labor Statistics. Yeah, wait a minute. I'll, I'll finish your pat. Yeah, okay. Go to Bureau of Labor Statistics, and see what a senior locomotive engineer makes today. That was making the same fifty thousand a year that I was making in nineteen eighty-two. The higher the seniority, the better. They're doing about $125,000 a year. They have physicals, they have law books, they have rules and regulations, just like
2: we do. Right. Right. Okay,
7: Amazing, isn't Senate... it? Brady? Go ahead, Pat. Wrote, and it, and Jerry just said he was using household numbers. No. Uh, what Brady was using was 1975 Bureau of Labor statistic number, of $500. So in other words if the average driver was av- making $32,500 in 1975 that would be $149,000 today. He then goes on to say that uh a driver's wages have only increased by what, 17% and he mm-hmm. compares that to a a a car, a home and a car. because those are the two major purchases we buy today. So while driver's wages have only increased 17%, the price of a house, the price of a home, has increased by 560%, and the price of a car has increased by 883%. So those are the numbers he's using. Um, I wanted to say something about lobbying earlier, you know, we've got lobbyists that work for us as well. Uh, Desiree Woods of, of Real Women in Trucking, she lobbies wherever and whenever wherever she can. And of course, there's a the great example of Hope Rivenberg, who lobbied for Jason's Law. Um, I've always said uh, I'm an OIDA member, Item member, and for forty five dollars a year, that helps lobbyists, our lobbyists in D.C. to combat these these large carrier associations. So lobbying is the way politics works, and we are not necessarily left out. Uh, we've been lobbying for Mike's Law, I believe it is. Right. And um, that's
2: with, you know, I actually made a, I tried to put together a little list right. of advocacy um, groups. And o- OIDA, of course, because they actually do, lobby and then there's the small business and transportation coalition, uh, James Lamb. He's been working with drivers on parking and um help you know, in helping uh trying to support Hope Rivenberg's efforts uh wherever he can. He he helps drivers, he helped Kenny Capel get out of that huge mess when that driver woke woke him up. When the right. when the state trooper woke him up and he took on that case for him and got that thrown out. And then, you know, there's there's organizations like like Truckers United, and like you said, Real Women in Trucking. There's us, Ask the Trucker, which is part of Truth About Trucking LLC. There's the American Association of Owner-Operators. There's Drive for Freedom. Uh, there's the Trucking Solutions Group, who works very hard... Um, those are our friends over there: Rick Ash, uh, Les Willis, I don't, uh, Linda Caffey. Um, there, there's a group of them: um, Jimmy Navarrez. I'm trying to think of all the people over there. I don't want to miss any, but I, I'm. I know I did. Jeff Clark. Um, then there's the Professional Truckers Association group, North American Trucking Alerts. Um, you know, these are all places, and even though they don't. Lobby. They they are advocacy groups that provide information, and the biggest thing that drivers need to do is to make those comments on the FMCSA website uh, when when there's a a proposed rule or um, and and it's comment time, and you need to you know say your piece, even if you just put a small paragraph on how you feel about a certain regulation. There's your voice also. And uh, the main thing, like for this, you call up your congressmen and senators. I didn't even give the number out tonight. There's a link on the show page to how you can find your senator and everything. It's 202-224-3121. That's yes, 202-224-3121. That takes you right to the switchboard. They ask you what what's your zip code. And they hook you up with your senator and your uh, your congressman. So it's very very easy. It takes one minute, well two minutes. One minute for the congressman, one minute for the senator, and then and and you just say your piece and you hang up and you've done. You've just lobbied, okay? So it's, it's hard.
7: I, I want to bring up FightingForTruckers.com, dot com, which is sponsored by wider. Now, you do not have to be a member of OIDA to utilize this site. And I've been looking at it here recently. got all of the proposed rulemakings and whatnot listed now, and you can click on that. It will take you to a link where you can directly comment to whatever authority, whether it be the FMCSA or whoever. I did this the other night concerning speed limiters. I did not know how to act on the federal website. So I called OIDA and I said, hey, this thing's giving me problems. I don't know how to comment. They walked me through it. I then asked them and said, hey, if I'm a non-member and I run into problems with this, would I be able to call? And they said, sure. They want to help drivers contact and work with our legislatures. This is very important. So there's there's ways
2: we can do this. Right. Donna. Right did, uh, and and then I'd like to share. I I've got will, another caller call on the line. I'm gonna open up I'm gonna open up their line. It's area code nine zero three. Who do we have here tonight?
9: Good evening, Donna. It's Sandy. I'm a hey, gentleman. I'm doing well. I I wanted to thank the gentleman for recognizing uh Desiree because she does she does lobby. She does take all this stuff to heart. I just wanted to add that when you call that 202 number, when they connect you to your representative's office, be sure to ask to speak to their transportation specialist. That may be the person that answers the phone, but, again, it may not. And that is that per- the transportation specialist's responsibility is to note all of the requests, all of the statements that you make, and convey that to your representative. Don't be—you're uh, you're very seldom going to speak to the representative directly. Right. But you need to talk to the transportation specialist.
2: So you're talking about after you, um, after you get hooked up to your representative, then Correct. ask for the transportation specialist. Okay. Yes, See, I—I I didn't yes, do ma'am. that. Um, okay. All the times, so I just you know talk to the staffers. <laughs> well, if
9: you this is a staff member, the tra- each of those staff members normally have a title or a period, of, a slice of whatever is going on in that office. But it's much easier if you just ask for the transportation specialist.
2: Okay, well appreciate that. Thank you. And uh You're have you welcome. made your call yet? I know you, you probably yes. did.
9: Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, I <know>. Oh yes. <laughs> we okay, and we and of course we did the Twitter thing.
2: Right. Right, uh, we've been tweeting them.
9: Okay. Desiree had a great uh,
2: article uh, on that too.
9: Uh yes. Yes. And of course uh, they're going to that symposium this weekend. I know some of the other girls are on, I've done some truck repairs, and I was not able to go t- to the symposium this time. Well, I, but-
2: was, I was going also, and, and we're having a family reunion that weekend, so I can't make it. And, and, and you know, that's Murphy's Law, Sandy. You know, always. I mean, we hardly ever have, <laughs> you know, company, but it's always going to be on a weekend that something's, you know, going on, so I'm I'm going to sit here. Yeah,
9: that's okay, But and I don't fully understand all this. Of course, I'm an owner-operator, and the company leases my equipment. They pay on a 22, um, they pay on a, they just pay for the equipment. I'm responsible to pay for the labor. I can either do the labor myself or I can hire someone. But I can see where this would be an issue if, say I decide or or I become disqualified to drive and I want to put a driver in my truck, then I have to deal with all this stuff.
2: Right, all right. These well they wouldn't
9: and be... payments and so forth.
2: Exactly. And and that's that second part that I read uh in the beginning of the show that part B that yes. is just a nightmare. I mean I, I, yeah. yes. If you read it It's like as long as you make minimum wage We don't have to pay you yeah. for anything
4: <laughs> I know I
9: know it's just unreal And I realized what, and, I believe it was Jerry was talking about Working because my husband was a Kingster for, he had paid up Kingster's Book as a matter of fact And yes they got paid if they had to chain up And before electronic logs They had a, they had a Time clock in the truck. And when they did things like chaining up or if they had to wait for repairs or something, they went on that time clock. They had to put it on their log also, but they did it on that time clock.
2: So
4: right.
9: it changed a lot.
2: Oh, well, that's what you yeah, had was
9: saying. We
6: had little we had little discs. I can't think that was called a uh
9: that yeah, out I can't for remember a while, what but either, but yeah. they were a round yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, so,
6: that called? <laughs> that 1964, 1964 when I worked by the hour. We had to put a little right. card in, wind it up and everything to keep track of the RPMs and the time. We've been through all of them. And, by the way, you know, then, if the driver is paid enough, all this compliance stuff is a non-issue.
4: If Absolutely. you're being paid
6: enough.
9: Absolutely, and it's just like, okay, so they get the ELDs and everything, and I don't mean to take away from what your program was tonight. My opinion was if they get the – they're pushing so hard for these electronic logs, okay, then that should give us the justice to forget that 14-hour – be able to give us flexibility in that 14-hour rule.
6: You know, you and I would agree – I would say to FMSEA or whoever really controls all this, if you pay the driver based on what your husband and I both know, if you pay the driver for everything that he does, you don't need a 14-hour rule. That's why they put the 14-hour rule in there because the poor drivers afraid. are working themselves to death. Yeah,
7: that's, that's what they're afraid of right now. They're putting ELDs in the truck, which makes this very, very easy. To pay the driver because they know exactly where the driver's at and what they're doing. This is another reason, possibly, why the six one one's coming in there. They're trying to head off the, the the very device they wanted put in place. We drivers can make the ELD work for us, but we've got to act to do so. They're trying Absolutely. to head us and box us in. They're trying to give us
9: where we can't
7: make this box work for us.
9: Right, right, exactly, exactly.
6: And I'll tell you one way they did it back in July 12, I I didn't believe this. Pat proved it to me. Back in uh, July of 2012. February 27,
7: 2012.
6: Okay. They took 395.2. There was no listening sessions. There is no discussions. We don't even know how this got done. Somebody influenced somebody. 395.2, which has been there since the inception of regulated transportation in 1938, clearly read, any time the driver is on the property, the shipper, the consignee, or the carrier, and is required to be in readiness to perform work, is on duty, not driving. Somebody went in there. Isn't this interesting? Before we got the ELD, I thought, boy, we get that ELD, according to 395.2, that's going to be all on-duty time, which I had logged, and your husband logged on-duty many, many, many times. Right. Oh. There was no issue because we are paid well for it. Oh. Those son of a guns went in there and had that reworded, as a driver can now be resting in the cab. He can put himself off-duty this and nobody even discussed it. So, if we still had 395.2 the way it was for 40 or 50 years, we got it made. Because now the ELD shows us at the Shipper constantly we are required to be in readiness to preform work. Excuse me. Even if you're in the bunk with your head on the pillow. I asked that. the, the uh, uh, She's from Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama. She was the director of the FMSCA in Montgomery, Alabama at a big meeting. If my head is on the pillow... And I'm laying down, I'm in the truck, they're loading and unloading the truck. And they said, Driver, we'll let you know when we're ready. Is that on duty not driving? She's that is on duty not driving. She said, I don't care how many hits or how many pillows you have your head on.
1: See, we had it made,
6: and ATA and TCA knew they were going to get this electronic log. That was a big legal problem.
2: Son Let me of ask you, how did reworked? they get that changed? Um I mean we don't without know. We notifications. Don't
6: know. We don't know.
9: They changed more well, we modern yeah. modern yeah. communications is what happened.
6: It got changed like Pat said, February 012. We don't even know how it happened. It got changed.
9: So hey, now well, they can tell
6: the driver you're off duty so we don't have to pay you.
7: This is very, very shady territory when you get into reading it. Uh, we we have gotten by for so many years logging off-duty, even though we were supposed to be logged on-duty, not driving, that it was pretty much ignored. Um, when you get into this the changeover that legally allows a driver to log off-duty if, they have been relieved of full responsibility to the truck and load. This gets legally, this gets this terminology gets a little bit shady here.
4: Uh, Thank can you. the
7: shipper? Can the shipper say, "Go sit in your truck, driver," and that constitutes that you, you're legally can log off duty? There's a lot of gray area here. I don't want to get in too deep in it, but I've been having a lot of conversations with people about this and there's, there's varying viewpoints on it. I don't I don't see how any driver that's a thousand miles away from home can be relieved of duty from their truck when they're waiting to load or offload legally. How can this be done? You're relieved of all of duty but you can't leave the site, you gotta wait until it's loaded or offloaded. That's not being relieved of duty or responsibility.
1: We got snookered. <laughs> and where but is isn't
9: it? Where isn't this, this where isn't this pardon? where this isn't this where this writing comes in when it gets to this point they're going to be able to not pay you for that time is this not what we're talking about yeah
4: and by the
6: way doesn't that seem doesn't that seem to be doesn't that seem to be kind of a coincidence because your husband and i and that was the rule that's why we knew it 395.2 we all knew that
9: right
6: and somewhere along the line behind the scenes they rewrote the darn thing so now they can come along and say No, no, we don't have to pay for that time. You you were resting in the cab. You were off-duty, so we don't have to pay you now. Your husband and I got paid for it because we were on-duty, not driving.
7: The FMCSA last year proposed that drivers be paid at least minimum wage while detention pay, while waiting to load or offload. Be paid at least minimum wage, but the driver had to be logged on-duty, not driving. Cory Booker also tried to say uh, uh, bring this uh, same issue into the uh, uh, F- uh, fast act, the highway bill. Okay, right. It got left out. Now do the math: seven twenty-five an hour divided by sixty miles an hour is twelve point five cents a mile. Why would anybody making more than twelve point five cents a mile log on duty not driving? This is just another way of how drivers are being manipulated.
4: Yes. Yeah.
2: Well just just know that this lady that's
6: Yeah.
2: That Cory Booker that, that uh that Pat referred to in the highway bill. Uh he also uh paid driver for all hours paid plus CPM. Uh and also it was in the truck safety act he had. Okay. He he was the That's Democrat it. out of New Jersey. But it also included collision avoidance system and it required the FMCSA and NHTSA to finish their uh joint rule to mandate speed limiters. So see yeah. how it was all like squished together, you know, yeah. how they do? So if drivers like were gonna get paid for, Yeah. It didn't go they through.
7: It's like to throw something in good for the drivers to get this other garbage to go through. The Cory Booker amendment was garbage throughout. Um, right, I remember that well. But
4: this, by the
5: means, way,
4: folks,
7: here's something. The, these are the here tactics. That they're, these are the tactics that they're pursuing, and it's all tied into minimum wage. Yeah, uh, uh, where, where is it? We were reading about that guy from Ryder. Let me see if I've got it right here. Um, he says um, um, oh, he says that uh, Trump got these laws were intended for highly skilled workers like truck drivers. He's talking about uh, state wage protection laws were intended to help retail workers, migrant farm workers, and others who are on the cusp of minimum wage," said Bob Satovic general counsel at Miami-based Ryder, one of the country's largest commercial truck operators. These laws were not intended for highly skilled workers like truck drivers. Well, look at that contradiction right there. They want to limit us to minimum wage, but then they're saying, oh, we're highly skilled and we should make more than minimum
4: wage. (laughs)
7: Does this Denham method say, oh, truck drivers should make 7.25 an hour plus 300%, meaning 21 dollars an hour? They have an opportunity if they're going to make this a federal labor law, the door is open for them to raise the standard of pay. But they're not doing that. They're maintaining it at minimum wage, federal minimum wage of 7.25 an hour. So this, everything about this is so bogus.
9: Well, and then then on the other hand, they tell us that truck driver is an unskilled labor so that we don't fall under those hours of service, those those minimum well, wages and so forth. that was
7: in the original Fair Labor Standard Act. I believe truck drivers are, are more considered, and there's a category. I haven't had time to research it, but. Unskilled labor is, 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 is a very broad definition. It has many workers involved in that, and within in that by classification. A, by
5: and and way, as, you're long as,
7: we are, as long as we are unskilled labor, that's really not a bad thing. If we were skilled labor, if we reclassified the skilled labor because of the driver shortage, this would open the door for the carriers to go... Out of country to recruit skilled workers, skilled truck drivers, to come in state to work. So I don't know that we need to argue too much about the classification, would be my point.
4: That's exactly what well, right. i that,
6: that was taught to us many years ago. I always thought we should be skilled labor, and somebody who knew a lot about this would be careful about that. Because if you see, as unskilled labor, they can't bring temporary foreign workers in and all that kind of stuff because we're unskilled labor. Go to skilled labor, and the next year you're going to – it's called the uh, uh, something Other Immigration Act. Then they can bring people into the green cards or really flood the market with foreign labor. So stay away. I know it sounds good. It kind of hurts your heart a little bit. It did mine. still does. But we want to be very, very careful about that. Mm-hmm. Because that opens up a whole new immigration situation.
9: Yes. Yes, it does, unfortunately.
6: And your husband learned it the same place I did. Yep. And see, for the drivers who think more hours, more hours is the answer. Hey, Pat's got it on the list of something he's got there tonight. Your LTL local drivers who are home every night that work eight, nine hours a day with plenty of benefits because there's only a 6% turnover in the LTL industry, by the way. I think FedEx may run nine, but less than 10% turnover driving trucks. Those guys made what, Pat, $55,000 last year? Ah,
7: uh, I'm rushing to find the list. I thought And, I and was they're only there. working. Now,
6: think about this. At the most, you're getting maybe two hours a day overtime. So that would be what? So they're working 2,200 hours a year. The average driver out here, according to the industry's own numbers, is about 40 hours a week waiting for loading and unloading, in addition to the 82 hours a week he's driving. So they're working 6,000 hours a year to earn, according to Bob Costello, of the vice president of economics, the American Trucking Association, $39,000, which is 10% ten percent less than the charts I gave you Pat of what a truckload driver was making in nineteen eighty.
4: Yes.
7: <laughs> I found it. Bob Costello has been on the radio, Sirius XM, whatever. Um, letting it be known that drivers average thirty nine thousand five hundred and twenty dollars 2014. And this number was taken from the 2014 Bureau of Labor Statistics. However, during the uh, driver recruiting conference held in Nashville recently, the ATA published this as a recruiting tool. These numbers, uh, regular route band, uh, about $46,000, flatbed at $50,000, fan dedicated, about $51,000. LTL local pick up a delivery, about $53,000. goes on and on. It, it, it ends out with a privately operated fan only at about $74,000. And I'm having to kind of estimate here because this is a bar graph. But, again... Bob Costello, 39,500, Bureau of Labor Statistics, average earning of average truck driver for that year. These are the numbers they are promoting to recruit new drivers into the industry. So this is just another example how they manipulate numbers for their advantage.
1: But, But Let's
6: look at it and make it personal. That means that LTL driver that's only working a little over 2,000 hours a year is making about 22% more than the truckload driver that's working 6,000 hours a year and away from home for weeks at a time. And here's the mistake the truckload drivers make. We want more flexibility. We want more hours so we can earn more money. The history is clearly there. The more hours you work, the less you're going to earn, and that's because of the law of supply and demand. We all know that. We've heard. If half the drivers would shut down tomorrow, the rates of the pay would double. That's true. But every driver, uh, including me, when we just add more, find more ways of adding more hours to our week, we've made ourselves more available, which is equal to adding more capacity relative to demand fourth grade, we were taught the law of supply and demand. Remember? You got ten people and five apples. The value of those apples just went up. If you had two people and five apples, the value of the apples just went down proportionally. This is what we do to ourselves.
7: Drivers are misled to believe that the ELD is going to, and it will, it will. The ELD is going to tighten capacity. The problem we have is there's two ways of, of there's two ways of adding capacity or using a capacity. When, when capacity gets short, you can either add capacity, put more trucks on the road, or you can use the current capacity more efficiently. As long as drivers are not getting paid, it is cost effective to simply add more trucks, add more drivers. When that happens. There's overcapacity. There's less freight for us all to share amongst ourselves. We all end up making less. Uh, The only way to do this in my mind is to use the capacity we have efficiently. Use it efficiently. We have overcapacity right now at a time, well, not at a time. They've been talking driver shortage for 30, 40 years. Why is this? Do we really have a driver shortage? Come on. We've got one. No, drivers that absolutely out there is than not. We
6: know what to do with. By the right. way, Pat, I'd like to take this opportunity here to share with the owner-operator business community some real valid numbers. I'm sure the other lady on the line, I can't think of her name, Sandy. she could probably attest Sandy. to the Sandy. Okay, Sandy, we come from the same school. Okay, Sandy. 1984, the old interstate motor freight closes up I become an owner-operator. And at that time, a very large carrier's lease, to They tried the mileage idea. And the going rate per mile, MS carriers and many, many others, they were paying 80 cents a mile to an owner-operator.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. And I
6: paid $61,000 for a brand-new truck, all 80-cent-a-mile freight. I did it for a few months went back to percentage. In fact, this company quit it after a year because the drivers weren't making enough at 80 cents. But watch these numbers. Eighty cents a mile in nineteen eighty four in two thousand fifteen would be what a dollar eighty six a mile today.
1: All right, yes. All
6: right, to have the same standard of living an owner operator needs to earn a dollar eighty four today by the mile. Most carriers are only paying in around ninety ninety five. So that says to me, wait a minute, there's ninety cents a mile missing. <laughs> and every mileage-oriented owner-operator settlement, 90 cents a mile times 120,000 miles a year is $108,000 missing out of owner-operator settlements working by the mile. Now, in the meantime, that same $61,000 truck, I just paid 143000 for the same model truck so I could haul 91 cent a mile free. What's wrong Let's go with this picture,
7: folks? Let's go back to the ATA. The ATA has let it be known that it's costing their members an average of $1. seventy a mile to operate a truck. Now, this, of course, includes labor, pay to the driver. But on the other hand, they're leasing, they're paying their lease drivers, like you said, $0.90, $0.95 cents a mile, maybe even a dollar a mile, plus a fuel surcharge. Well, Right now, filter charge is next to nothing. We're getting paid sixteen cents a mile, and we generally are up at the upper scale of filter charge. So I'm guessing right now it might be around eight cents a mile to the average slate hauler. Well, that's a dollar eight a mile. When the ATA, no, the ATA, it costs them a dollar seventy a mile. They're making money off of this. By putting
9: drivers into their lease purchase programs, yeah. all those lease uh, drivers, lease purchase drivers are doing is paying for their job and a truck for the
4: company. Mm-hmm. Sandy, your
6: husband and I, Sandy, your husband and I, in 1982, earning thirty-two and a quarter cents a mile, thirteen dollars and fifteen cents an hour for non-driving, thirty-two cents a mile today. Listen to this. Strap yourself in a seat. To have the same standard of living that our families enjoyed in 1982 would take
1: 86 cents a mile today in just driver pay. That's right. We've run the numbers.
9: Absolutely.
7: Driver, the average driver, not a specialized but the average driver should be earning 83 to $0.86 cents a mile today if driver's wages had kept up with inflation. Um, boy. I now, remember, yeah, large. I'm
2: looking on Ask the Trucker. I think there's an article about that. Alan wrote it about eight months ago. I, I'm trying to look for it, but I'll post it on the show page. But you're absolutely right.
6: And by the way, some of these numbers that I'm using, everything you know me, Donna, everything I can document. There's a, there's a Pat has some copies of this. There is a chart put out I don't know, fifteen, twenty years ago, something like that. Compares nineteen eighty wages with two thousand, year two thousand oh, wow. wages. I'll bring it up it right was produced now. it was produced by CAS Information Systems, which is like uh F D R and uh Martin Lab to do the studies, you know, all the industrial studies and everything. On behalf of the American Trucking Association,
3: is the numbers
6: we're using are very, very documented. The And everything I do, I bring out of the industry's own numbers, by the way, because it's so easy to embarrass them. They never pay attention to their own numbers. But that's where we're getting these numbers. These aren't made-up numbers anywhere.
7: Okay, that's us read that, then. Uh, 1980. Uh, I had it right here. Okay, wait. 1980, LTL General Freight, average annual income of $28,242. Truckload, $25,287. See, there's a $3,000 difference there. Now, compare that to 2000. LTL General Freight, $72,988. Truckload General Freight, $41,446. That's a difference of $30,000. $3,000 difference in 1980. $30,000 difference between LTL drivers and truckload drivers in 2000. And by the way... These documents are on my website, which is um, truckersunited.org, as well as some other stuff that Jerry gave me. This was my way of of making it available to you all to see. These are actual documentation of this
6: stuff. Now now let's do this. Now we're projecting a little bit, but it's all pretty accurate numbers. You take that $72,000 the LTL driver was earning in the year 2000, run it through the inflation calculator, and that would be $99,600 today. Now, watch this. That means the truckload driver is now working 40 to 50 hours a week more than the LTL driver to earn $60,000 a year less than the LTL driver.
2: Wow.
7: The Bureau of Labor Statistics for 2014, if I remember right, had the 90th percentile at $61,500, let's say. $61,000. That's the top 10%. Landstar released something recently that their drivers were averaging $60,000 a year. Okay, and that's average. Their driver's doing more than that and less than that. Uh, but but it's astounding that that landstar drivers aren't even on average aren't even in the top ten percentile, the top ten percent of earnings. Um, I earned after all bills, including truck payments, I earned uh, about eighty three thousand dollars that year at, at about eighty five cents a mile. Okay. And I, I, I removed the truck payment just so it's more relatable. If I threw my truck payment in there, I, I earned my personal income, my take-home, well over a dollar a mile. So it's out there. But these people are insisting on working for substandard wages, and they don't know where to turn. Where do you turn? The ATA is not going to do it for you. The TCA is not going to do it for you. They're trying to hold you back. Mm -hmm. We can't form a union, or I guess we could form a union, but that's not what drivers are going to do. The only place we have to turn is is to our congresspeople or, or through OIDA, through associations that
6: represent and work for us.
1: And, you know, as bad
6: as it is, as bad as this, is, we're trying to keep it from getting worse by yeah. preventing the 611. Let's look at another documented number. You hear it all day long on, on, on radio, Walmart. The average new driver at Walmart earns $86,000 a year. Wow.
2: And, you know, I mean, that's way above most any of the companies out there.
6: Donna, in the past, and uh, Nancy will tell you this, in the past, your private carrier drivers that worked for retail carriers, they made quite a bit less than the top paid drivers on LTL line haul jobs. And by the way, there was a time when most of this dry freight out here and a portion of the refrigerated freight moved on what we now call those LTL carriers. Right. The city men, I remember this well, the city men used to love – now, drivers aren't going to believe this – the old-time city drivers that had gotten older, they used to love to take the loads to tire warehouses and food distribution centers. Because they knew they were going to be there all day lo- unloading the truck. They didn't have to take <laughs> 15 or 20 pickups. You yeah, know, the old timers yeah. wanted to unload the tires and unload the groceries so they didn't really have to drive that much. That was a hey, desirable guys, freight.
4: Yeah.
2: I hate to break it up, but I'm looking at my time, and this, they, they're mm-hmm. going to cut us off in one minute and 50 okay. seconds. So I just want to. Um, Well, first of all, I want to thank everybody. Thanks, Pat, and thanks, Jerry, for coming on here. But I think it's important I give this number out to call your representatives uh, to say no to the provision, which is Section 611 in the FAA bill.
4: And the number
2: is 202-224-3121. And um, I, I'm just going to let everybody say, you know, a final word, uh, if you want to, on on the end of this show. Um, Pat, it, Jerry, it's Sandy?
7: Section, it's
4: Section oh, 611, by the way. 611
7: uh-huh. of the AIR Act. That's A-I-I-R Act, the AIR Act. Right. That's
2: what we're, we're we want eight. to
7: have stricken from the bill.
2: Right. I I think they, they know it's either FAA uh bill or the AIR Act. I think they're they're kinda used the same. But either way, just call up and make and as Sandy said you have to ask for the transportation specialist when they hook you up to your uh senator or representative. Um, what were you gonna say, Jerry?
6: Oh, when it comes to the ATA and TCA, when they call other programs, and they hit you with that all for one and one for all, don't believe it. Right.
2: Okay. And stand in. I'm just going to give a shout-out. Sandy, what is your title over at Real Women in Trucking? Are are you the vice president? I, yes,
9: ma'am. I am vice president. Yes, ma'am.
2: Okay. <laughs> And, uh, but, and, but that was
9: one of the reasons that we incorporated as a 501C6. We would like to be able to do more. Uh, it's it's all a matter of funding, but any of you guys got any ideas how we can get a little more funding? Desiree is an outstanding spokesperson. Yeah, She speaks well, and she gets the point across, and she can... She can uh, debate and not get angry. My problem is, I get angry and then, then it's all <laughs> down the drain.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I've had to say well
7: I spending a little time with Desiree, and I, I find that she's a remarkable person, a very, oh. very nice lady to deal with. And she has the trucker's interest at heart.
2: Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and We've known each other for herself. quite a while. I think since 2008. I can't remember. But anyway, and um, Pat Hockaday is from Truckers United. Uh, Everybody listening out there, you want to go check that out. And like you said, there's a lot of advocacy groups. And just say no to the um, FAA bill, Section 611, or, or the AIR Act, if you mention either one of those when you call your representatives, uh, they'll know. Well, I'm going to say goodnight, night, everybody, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to look at the debates tonight because I think there's going to be flames thrown on that stage. Uh, <laughs> 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 what do you, I, 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 Sandy? Are you still rooting for the same person you told me you were, yes. At gas? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes. I already did my early
9: voting. I sure did. I voted last <laughs> week.
2: I sure did. <laughs> oh, okay, well, <clears throat> I'm voting for my guy. and um, Okay. That's what it's we'll all see about. If, we'll see if hey, they Donna, have any. Yeah. Donna, love you
1: all. <laughs> yes. Love
7: you all, folks. Huh? Yeah, Donna has done a lot of work. Boy, I've been dealing with Donna over the phone for many months now, and you people just don't understand. How much work and devotion Donna puts into this? So I, I say, uh, "Hail, hail to Donna!" Thank you so much,
4: Donna.
2: Yeah. Oh, you thanks. We all put in a lot of work, though. It's it's not me. It's I mean, Alan will come home half dead sometimes, and I've got like five articles I throw over to him, or or, or a post to 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 prove her I mean, Sandy and, and everybody and you guys, I know you all work hard. It's it's the passion behind it. And um, it's so appreciated because when we inspire one another to work hard, and, and it's just like a, you know, uh, what would you call it, you know, like a domino effect. So I appreciate everybody. Well, I'm going to say goodnight to everybody. i got to watch my debate tonight. And – uh And Sandy, we'll see if our guys start throwing flames at each other.
4: Okay, okay. (laughs) Good night. You're right. All right, good Good night, night, everybody.
7: Good night. Good night. night. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?